Welcome to Talk Nation Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. It is my great pleasure to welcome to Talk Nation Radio this week, Edward Horgan, who is retired from the Irish Defense Forces with the rank of Commandant after 22 years service that included peacekeeping missions in with the UN in Cyprus and the Middle East. He has worked on over 20 election monitoring missions in Eastern Europe, the Balkans, Asia, and Africa. He's International Secretary with the Irish Peace and Neutrality Alliance. He's Chairperson and Founder of Veterans for Peace Ireland, and a peace activist with Shannon Watch. His many peace activities include the case of Horgan v. Ireland, in which he took the Irish government to the High Court over breaches of Irish neutrality and U.S. military use of Shannon Airport, and a high-profile court case resulting from his attempt to arrest U.S. President George W. Bush in Ireland in 2004. He teaches politics and international relations part-time at the University of Limerick. He completed a Ph.D. thesis on reform of the U.N. in 2008 and has a master's in peace studies and a B.A. in history, politics, and social studies. Ed Horgan is actively involved in a campaign to commemorate and name as many as possible of the up to a million children who have died as a result of wars in the Middle East since the first Gulf War in 91. And Ed Horgan will be speaking at the No War 2019 conference planned for Limerick, Ireland in October. See worldbeyondwar.org. Ed Horgan, welcome to Talk Nation Radio. Thank you very much, David. Uh, thanks for coming on. I'm actually amazed I haven't had you on earlier. Uh, can you give us a, a, a brief history and the current status of, of Shannon Watch and, and inform anybody who doesn't know what's, what's happening at Shannon Airport? Uh, what we have been doing at Shannon Watch, in fact, in my case, since 2001, is monitoring U.S. military use of Shannon Airport. Ireland is a neutral country and... Under the international laws of, of neutrality, we should not allow belligerent states in, in actively engaged in war to use our territory or even to fly over our territory. So Ireland is in breach of international laws, and very clearly we should not be assisting U.S. wars in the Middle East. Up to 3 million armed U.S. troops have passed to Shannon Airport going forward and backwards to Shannon Airport and uh, also, a huge amount of munitions and other war materials have been passing to our airport and to Irish airspace. And they claim otherwise on the part about the weapons, right? They can't deny the troops, but they claim they're not shipping weapons through. Uh, they do admit recently that the civilian planes on contact with the U.S. military are carrying personal weapons of the U.S. soldiers, but they claim that the military planes... Um, and there are hundreds, in fact, thousands of military planes that pass through Shannon Airport. They claim that they are not carrying any weapons or munitions or anything else and are not even engaged in military exercises or military operations. This is quite ludicrous because clearly no U.S. military plane ever leaves the United States unless it is on a military operation, except in the very odd case maybe if the crew decides to steal a plane. So it's, uh, we are being lied to, both by the U.S. government and by the Irish government in such matters. And you've uh, attempted over the years to, to inspect the planes for weapons, right? 
Yes, several people have actually gone into the airport, uh, climbed the fence, just saw them cut their way through the fence in order to symbolically at least attempt to search and investigate the the U.S. military aircraft that are being refused at China Airport. Uh, invariably, we get arrested. I'm actually before the court myself at the moment. And also, two U.S. veterans, Tara Kauf and Kenneth Myers, were arrested at Shannon Airport on St. Patrick's Day, St. Meet in March this year. They are now before the courts in Ireland. Their case is likely not to come up in the courts for about two years, but outrageously, their passports have been withheld and they will not be allowed, as far as we know so far, to return to the United States within those two years. So effectively, it's an abuse of the Irish legal system. They are effectively almost being imprisoned in Ireland for a two-year period, and it does amount to punishment without trial. But at the same time, we will continue with our process and our peace actions at Shannon Airport and elsewhere. And, and we look forward to seeing Tarek and Ken, who will also be speaking at uh, the No War 2019 conference in October, as they will still be in, in Ireland. And, and we'll put links up on talknationradio.org on uh, how you can learn about and help them. And also, Tarek and Ken have been very active in Ireland protesting. Um, they have, we have made some large banners, which we dropped from various bridges over motorways uh, and around Dublin also. So um, their time in Ireland is not being wasted, fortunately, and uh, they are continuing with their peace activism in Ireland, and we thank them for that. And it's also very important for us in Ireland to see solidarity from the United States by Tarek and Ken, but also by the supporters of Tarek and Ken, and they are getting very good support from Presidents for Peace and from other peace activists in the United States. Yes, and they're sending out good videos and photos, and we know that they're getting a lot of support from you. Uh, That's the, right, yes. And, one of the... They deserve a lot of support. Uh, what they did was very courageous. Uh, they're two elderly gentlemen, and um, with being U.S. veterans, like myself and many others, uh, we understand far more what war is about and uh, the damage that war does and the damage that militarism does, not just U.S. militarism. We also have a similar problem with the European Union in recent years. It is becoming a militarized European Union, um, attempting to copy and, and possibly even compete with the United States, and uh, we are also opposed to that. Yes, indeed. Uh, have you been able to determine over the years that Shannon Airport has also been used for rendition flights? We have no doubt, in fact, that it was used for rendition flights, um, clearly because nobody has ever searched any of the planes, the CIA planes that were going to Shannon Airport. We can prove that specific prisoners passed through Shannon Airport, but we do know that um, dozens of planes owned or associated with the CIA and very actively associated with the rendition project were refueled and did pass through Shannon Airport on their way to collect and kidnap people who were subsequently tortured. Uh, so, and I personally have no doubt that the actual prisoners on their way to Guantanamo did pass through Shannon Airport, um, both probably on CIA planes, but also on U.S. military planes, because um, in 
2003, it's likely that many of the business transferred to Guantanamo were actually transferred on U.S. military planes. But none of these has, has ever been searched in Ireland, and um, that's um, the only reason, in fact, we haven't been able to prove conclusively um, that prisoners were taken to Guantanamo through Shannon. What uh, tell us about the the court effort you made in the in the case uh, Edward Horgan of of Horgan versus Ireland uh, to stop this abuse of of Shannon Airport? Yes, in two thousand and three, uh, just uh, on the twentieth of March, as the war started, um, I appeared in the High Court in Dublin with a team of both solicitors and senior counsel, and we took a, a constitutional case against the Irish government on three issues, Article 28, 29 of the Irish Constitution, which commits Ireland to um, promoting peace rather than making war, uh, but also um, on a third issue, on the issue of breaches of international law. Unfortunately, because the Irish judicial system tends to be biased in favour of the Irish government. The judge in this case ruled um, that the case I took on the constitutional issues, um, he ruled against me on that one, but he did rule in my favour that the Irish government was in still breach of the Hague Convention and uh, customary international laws and neutrality by allowing US troops to transit to Shannon Airport in large numbers. So I won a third of the case and lost the other two-thirds. Um, the state then came after me for costs, and I was told at the time that the costs involved could be up to half a million euro, which would, would be about $600,000, which would have meant I would have lost my house. Fortunately, there was a separate hearing uh, about a month later uh, in which the judge decided on the issue of costs, and uh, the judge ruled that the state would pay all its own costs and some of mine. So I still have my house, fortunately. Well, that's important. Uh, but uh, but what really strikes me in what you just said is that you won a ruling that Ireland is in violation of the Hague Convention. What is is Ireland required to cease violating the Hague Convention, or can it proceed merrily along with with court acknowledgement that it's engaged in a in an illegal enterprise? Well, effectively, what has happened is that Ireland has proceeded and has ignored the court ruling. Um, and in effect, by so doing, uh, it has virtually revoked Irish neutrality. Uh, and uh, that is the reality. And part of our campaign now is to try and restore Irish neutrality because it is hugely important for a small country like Ireland. We can never be a military power. We have an army of, at the moment, um, less than 9,000 soldiers, which is purely an internal defence force. We do a lot of very good work with the United Nations peacekeeping. We are probably one of the best UN peacekeepers in the world um, because we are a non-aggressive nation. Um, And our government associating us with NATO and with US wars in the Middle East is doing a lot of damage both to our defence forces and Clearly also, and far more important, the damage being done to the people in the Middle East. Millions of people have already died, in fact, in the Middle East 
since the first Gulf War in 91. And the project I'm involved in called Naming the Children, when we started out, we ex- our objective was to try and put names on as many of the children who have died as a result of these wars as possible. We expected we'd get, obviously, a lot of um, statistics and numbers. We are really shocked that our statistics indicate that since 91, up to the present time, up to a million children have died directly as a result of wars in the Middle East, either by being killed by bullets or by bombs or by disease and hunger and cholera and whatever directly related to the war. Uh, and this is a horrific statistic that's been... During the Holocaust, approximately one million children were killed directly, Jewish children, in the Holocaust. We now have a similar number killed indirectly or directly as a result of the wars in the Middle East in which the U.S. has played a major part and in which Ireland is now complicit by facilitating those wars. And um, even for the small number of us who are doing this project, we find it traumatic at times because not only do we get the names of children uh, and we try to remember them, but quite often we also get photographs. And when you see a young four-year-old child and in some cases, uh, in fact, in several cases I've come across, twin children have been killed uh, in places like Gaza and Syria, and uh, it's particularly horrific. Killing of children is totally unjustified, and yet it's getting almost no publicity. They are considered to be collateral damage, and what we're trying to do is to change that category. They are not collateral damage. They are crimes against humanity and crimes against the families of these children. And the children in the Middle East who are being killed are just as precious as my grandchildren, who I love dearly. But my grandchildren are no more precious than all the children being killed in the Middle East. It's very well said. Uh, We are speaking with Ed Horgan of Peace and Neutrality Alliance and Veterans for Peace and Shannon Watch, among other groups in Ireland. The the website uh, to check out is namingthechildren.com. Ed, the the figure of a million uh, dead children since the Gulf War in wars in the Middle East strikes me as as a dramatic underestimation. I mean, even in the days of Bill Clinton and Madeleine Albright, you had a very conservative uh, estimate of a half million children killed by by sanctions. Uh, since which we have had the 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 shock and awe uh, escalation of the war on Iraq. Uh, that has uh, certainly killed well over a million people and probably disproportionately children among them, uh, not to mention the the wars in Syria and the, the more recent wars uh, in Iraq uh, and uh, other wars around that region, uh, the, the war uh, on Yemen that is is killing through through violence and starvation uh tens of thousands as we speak uh how do you estimate that figure well in fact we probably begin to some extent with the figure from iraq during the 90s caused by the us un sanctions and again that was over half a million very recently in fact i came across statistics and names of children killed in Syria, and um, the particular list that I managed to compile has 
10,034 children, and that is by no means the end of the list. Um, with names and locations where they have been killed in Syria by all sides. Um, the figures for Yemen, according to the UN, are now probably in the region of 100,000 children killed in Yemen alone. And that does not include countries like Libya, North Pakistan, Afghanistan, Somalia, and other countries, um, Palestine. Some Israeli children have been killed. Um, and also a relatively small number of children have been killed by terrorist attacks in the West. We also named those children. And as it happens, one of those children was Irish. Joanna Tippett McCourt happened to be, unfortunately, on one of the planes that was crashed into the Twin Towers. So we have one Irish child also on our list. And there were seven other, I think, mainly American children killed in the Twin Towers. So we named them all because an Israeli child is as important and as precious as a Palestinian child, as an Irish child, or a Syrian child. And to us, it's important that they should all be commemorated. And we also find ways. Um, here in Ireland, we have little ceremonies where we name the children in a group. Sometimes we hang ribbons on trees with the children's names, and occasionally on the Finter Channel Airport also. So it's... And our objective is to change their status from collateral damage into um, commemorating and trying to stop killing of children into the future by highlighting how evil it is. Well, I think it's a model that should be followed around the world, and I think there should be monuments to to the children slaughtered in these wars uh, rather than to the generals on their horses. Uh, what did well, in fact, the... I wanted to mention that we are creating a monument and the Peace Park um, in Shannon Town, not far from Shannon Airport, and the object of that will be primarily to commemorate children in various ways. So, and yes, I fully agree. In fact, in fact, I am opposed to a lot of these war monuments that we have all over the world, but in Ireland in particular, we tend to glorify war. And it's hugely important that we should be commemorating and the monuments should go to the victims of war, not the perpetrators. Are you are you referring to the same location where we will be having a peace camp uh, during the No War 2019 conference in October? Yes. Uh, it would be the very same location. In recent times, we have been developing this and planting trees in commemoration of various people. And uh, we're at the early stages, but we have significant plans to turn this into a peace park, primarily commemorating children killed in wars. Clearly, adults are also killed. But in my view, we say if an adult my age gets killed, I'm 74 years of age. I've already lived most of my life successfully, and um, I will only be losing a small fraction of my life if I get killed. If a child is killed, we are removing virtually all its life. So it's a much greater crime, apart from the horrific nature of how many of them die. What the, what does the Irish public as a whole think about the wars and about the use of Shannon Airport? I know I've seen polls that uh, the vast majority in Ireland is in support of of total neutrality, but I don't know what number of, of people in Ireland are aware of what happens at Shannon Airport and what they what they think of it. Uh, you're right. At least 
three quarters of the Irish electorates and of the Irish people actively support Irish neutrality uh, and are, are very supportive of it. This is partly because of the very successful UN peacekeeping that our military had been involved in. And our military, even though it's a very small defence force, have held in high esteem because of the good work they had done with the United Nations. This would not have been possible if we were members of NATO or if we were involved in wars. Um, what we have been doing in China March and the Peace Neutrality Alliance is informing the Irish people um, about what's happening in China and in more recent times, the Naming the Children Project is part of that. Um, but of course, it's also on behalf of the children and their families. I was in Syria twice in the last 18 months, and while in Syria, I met children who had lost their parents and parents who had lost their children. And I was almost upset at one stage by an old lady uh, who had lost most of her family in that dreadful bus convoy bombing near Aleppo. And even though she was in tears telling us her story, she was also thanking us for coming from Ireland to hear her story because she'd never had a chance to tell her story before. And it was duly humbling for us to be thanked. Um, and even though we in Ireland were part of the support for the war that helped to kill her family. You know, uh, we tried, World Beyond War tried to put up billboards around Shannon Airport and in Limerick, Ireland, that that if we if we wanted them to say peace and neutrality, that was fine. They would take our money, they would put up our billboards, but if we said U.S. troops out of Shannon Airport, they would not take our money, they would not put up our billboards, and this is something we're running to, into around the world uh, increasingly. Any any significant public uh, change uh, is considered unacceptable. Uh, you can only, you know, sell things or support the status quo. Uh, it, it, have you run into this problem of, of censorship uh, in, in this effort around Shannon? Yes, very much so. And that is also one of the reasons that Tara Kauf and Kenneth Myers uh, and a few of us, including myself, had managed to um, create very large banners which they had been dropping over bridges close to Shannon Airport in Limerick City and in several places in Dublin, including in front of the Parliament. So we are trying to get around the difficulty uh, with not being able to hire billboards by being creative in this way. And it is actually working reasonably well, but it does mean that we as individuals must be as creative as possible and sometimes as bold as possible also in how we oppose the war. And that does mean not just speaking out, um, but also taking peace actions, including the actions that Ken and Tarek and I and others have done at Shannon Airport, by in theory breaking the law, forcing the government to take us to the court. But what we would be saying is we're not breaking the law, we are enhancing the law, by taking these actions and um, showing respect for the law by highlighting the breaches of the law, which are much more serious. 
Well, we are very much looking forward to uh, being in Limerick and at Shannon Airport uh, for No War 2019, uh, which will happen in October, and everyone is invited, and everyone can watch the live stream or get the video the next day. But uh, do you think uh, do you think a lot of people will turn out for a for a conference on these issues and for a rally at at Shannon Airport in in the first week of October? Yes, I think so, and I hope so. Uh, as you know, we had a, a similar very large conference in Dublin last November, and we were very impressed, particularly at the number of people who came from the United States. A lot of people are under the impression that there is no peace movement in the United States, but the reality is, in fact, is a lot of people in the United States are very supportive of peace and opposed to war, and that international solidarity is hugely important because it's small country like Ireland or one of a few small organizations can do very little on our own. And that international solidarity is growing. Both in Europe, there have been demonstrations recently of Ramstein Air Base in Germany. I'm actually going to Russia in September, hopefully, with an American group, um, again, to create links with the Russian people. And instead of um, Russia being threatened and encircled by NATO, unjustifiably, uh, we want to show the Russian people that there are people in the West uh, who don't, don't wish to threaten them and who, who wish to express solidarity with the people of Russia and the people of the Middle East who are being targeted in these unjustified wars. You've, we've just got a few minutes left, uh, Ed Horgan, and I hate to, to raise a, a, a complicated issue, but you've mentioned sure. a number of times uh, peacekeeping missions, and World Beyond War has been promoting unarmed, nonviolent civilian peacekeeping. I assume you're talking about armed peacekeeping. Uh, how, how effective so do you think it, it can be? do a little bit of both. They do some armed military peacekeeping in which I was directly involved, but they also do unarmed observer military peacekeeping in places like Israel and, and in I know in um, Kashmir they also have unarmed observers. So the military do a combination of both, but also the idea of civilian peacekeepers is also very important. And I think that should be promoted, increased and encouraged. Um, clearly, international Countries all over the world are spending huge amounts on military expenditure and on wars. If a fraction of that amount was spent on promoting peace, we would have no wars. And that's the way we must encourage the world to go. Spend a lot more making peace and a lot less, in fact, eventually spend zero making war. War now, there is now no possibility of a just war anymore as soon as... um, Nuclear weapons were invented. Once the first bombs were dropped in Nagasaki and Hiroshima, war is no longer ever justified because of the risks of a nuclear holocaust. We find ourselves in agreement. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Very well said. We have been speaking with Ed Horgan. Edward Horgan is International Secretary with the Irish Peace and Neutrality Alliance. He's chairperson and founder of Veterans for Peace Ireland, and he is a peace activist with Shannon Watch. He will be speaking at No War 2019. 
which you can find at worldbeyondwar.org slash nowar2019, which will happen in the first week of October in Limerick, Ireland, and just outside Shannon Airport at the uh, the future Peace Park and Monument. Ed Horgan, thank you for everything you're doing and for coming on Talk Nation Radio. Thank you very much, David. It's been a pleasure. This is Talk Nation Radio. I'm David Swanson. Take action at rootsaction.org. Help end war at worldbeyondwar.org. All past shows can be heard at davidswanson.org. Talk Nation Radio is produced in Charlottesville, Virginia, and syndicated by Pacifica Network. If you are listening to a nonprofit station, Please support that station. Talk Nation Radio is funded by contributors at davidswanson.org. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way. Until next time.